Hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. We're recording on my computer for the first time in quite some time. Yeah, because I got a new computer and uh, none of it's updating properly to Lindsay's equipment because it is very new. Yeah, so you'll hear some background noise with the fan. Yep. And at some point, hopefully before the end of December, I'll get my laptop going, so... We can retire this old hunk of metal, hunk of plastic, really. <laughs> yeah, the, the plastic gaming PC. Yeah, we've had too many problems with it. The most recent being me having to open it up and fix the hard drive because it fell out. So that was the last straw for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, we're back after kind of an extended break. Yeah, we, we took a little break because our last episode was going to come out right after Thanksgiving and I was out of town visiting family and you were traveling for work. So it just kind of made sense for us to take a break after the episode with Jack and uh, get back into it for our end of year. Yeah, and it seems fitting to give Jack and the the pornies an extra long feature. Sure. Um, Because we love it. Because that's totally what happened. (laughs) Oh, we we definitely intended for that to be the case. Yeah. (laughs) That was planned. Um, But yeah, we're back. Um, And it being December, um, it's it's time for our year-end wrap-up, because I feel like we usually just go right into it, right? Because we'll we'll talk about TV shows and Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll... This will be kind of like a two-parter, as per usual. We'll talk today about, you know, music stuff, and then we'll talk next time about, you know, TV, movies, other notable things... That's what we'll we'll wrap up my fan fiction. Oh yeah, we'll do the fan fiction wrap up next episode. Um, yeah, survey. That's very important. We can't forget about the fan fiction survey. <laughs> I'm not saying that sarcastically. I'm very serious. I no, want to know. I know. I want to know. I know. I need to go. I want to know how much spot you read. Um, it's a lot. Oh, spoiler: It's a lot. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, start with this beer then. Yeah. Yeah. So this is. Mood Ring Strawberry from Bearded Iris down in Nashville. Um, we spent one night in Nashville over the Thanksgiving holiday when we were visiting Steve's family. And um, we ended up going to Bearded Iris and hanging out. We ended up sitting there for like four hours. Um, we were having such a good time. And the bartender was originally from Chicago. And he was wearing a Soul Glow shirt. So we started chatting and... Drinking Underbergs and, you know, the good stuff that mm-hmm. you do when you make friends with the bartender. Yep. Um, so, I, yeah, this is a... <laughs> I guess I could talk about what this is. This is a fruited IPA with strawberries. So, Mood Ring is like they do rotating flavors. Mm-hmm. Um, I They did not have this on draft in the tap room, so I'm actually kind of excited to try this. We were looking forward to picking this one up. I really like this. Um, so it's a fruited IPA. I don't really get much IPA. Like I, it's not very, it's not hoppy really at all. No, you don't get the bitter hop notes. Um, it's very strawberry forward, which I really like. So this, I believe, uses strawberry and vanilla. Okay. And then it's hopped with mosaic, citra, and big secret. Okay. So I feel like when I drink this, like strawberries 
I think and it says strawberry juice. I feel like straight strawberry juice could be very, very sweet. And I think, like, the bitterness doesn't come forward, but I think it's there to kind of mellow out the sweetness of the I would fruit agree. juice. I get some of the hop notes and, like, the earthy character to it. Yeah. But to me, it comes off a little bit more dry. Yes. Than yes. bitter. Yes. I, I think this beer is dry. It's, it's very dry. Um, it's very... Like fruity, oh yeah, um, in a good way. Like it's it's really giving strawberry, which it's I like. Giving strawberry, yeah, it's giving <laughs> strawberry, uh, which I really like. The vanilla, I think, is just there to complement the I strawberry flavor. I think it makes flavor. it. It kind of smooths it out. I think anything, so too. I don't think it makes it overly desserty. Like no. you typically would think of with vanilla, but I think it like rounds the whole thing out. So when you say strawberry and vanilla, the first thing I think of is like strawberry shortcake. Oh, I think of those cream saver things that Lifesavers yeah, used to make. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I think of strawberry shortcake. And those are like, these, those tend to be pretty sweet. And I think the vanilla just kind of complements the strawberry flavor mm-hmm. almost. Um, instead of being on its own as a note, it's really just there to kind of like balance out the strawberry the same way with the hops. Um, yeah. So I think this is giving a lot of strawberry. It actually kind of reminds me of Yakul. Um, a little bit, but yeah, yeah, yeah. By Mars, but with, le- but less, less of the tartness. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Less, less sour. I actually had that. It's funny you bring that beer up because I had that the other well, day. Well, because I loved Yakul yeah. when it first came out. Yeah, and I, I drank recently. a lot of it because I love the strawberry note. Um, and I actually, I really, really like this. We have more at home. I'm, I'm glad you I brought only it. brought one can because I had to ask. I didn't tell Steve I was bringing this over. <laughs> no, I really like this. This is nice. Yeah, this it's is a good really, treat. Yeah, this is really nice. Um, what would you say your three words are? Because I have a feeling mine are going to be the same three. I'm gonna call, I will allow you to say strawberry. Let me see if I can do it without strawberry. Okay. I'm going to say dry. I'm going to say balanced. And I mean, it's kind of crushable. I was going to say, I mean, I, 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 I really want to use strawberry. I think I mean, it's very yeah, important it is very, to describe the flavor. It's very strawberry. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's strawberry, it's very smooth, and it's a little bit dry. Yeah. I mean, Overall, I was trying to not use strawberry, I know. but it I is... I said like, I would allow it, because the beer is technically called Mood Ring. Yeah, it's a very strawberry-forward yeah. flavor. Yeah. Um, it's very nice. I don't think I've had a ton, a ton of strawberry beers either, I so either. I was really excited to pick this up. I think Yeah Cool is, like, really the only one I could think of. That it was strawberry flavored, outside of like maybe something that's I've probably had like a strawberry, like a true milkshake IPA. It's the only thing I could think of where it's that very heavy lactose flavor that kind of overwhelms the strawberry as a whole. But I think this really stands on its own very well. I think this is probably the best strawberry flavored beer I've had. Because it's not overly sweet. It's not overly. It's not artificial. Where like a lot of strawberry flavors can taste artificial. Yeah, I would agree. It's very true to what a strawberry tastes like in a, a beer yeah. format. Yeah, very impressed. Like yeah, this a, a nice lot. beer. Good job, bearded iris. Um, so as we mentioned, we are doing our year end wrap up. So this week we're doing music, all things music. Yeah. For the year. Um, why don't we kind of just talk through some just a general music topics. And then we can kind of talk through our own things. Yeah, let's do music, to- like general music for the year. Then let's do shows. And then maybe end with our Spotify wrapped and top albums, top albums. of the year. Sure, let's do that. 
Um, all right. So I think the, the biggest things that I wrote down, I'm just like, I kind of brainstormed this when I was at work over the last few days of like, what happened in music this year? And the biggest things that came to my mind were the big stadium level tours. Yeah. So, and the accompanying concert films. Yeah. So obviously I'm talking about Taylor Swift and Beyonce's tours. Yeah. So I think we talked in the last year wrap up about the shit show of getting tickets for Taylor Swift. I don't Can know you when... remind me when you got those tickets? Was it so last they, year or was yeah. it technically this year? It was, I think, maybe technically last year. I can't remember exactly. I can check. Um, I tried to buy tickets last year for sure. Um, let me I just see. don't remember how far out you had to buy them. So I think they went on sale late last year. Um, I got... I got my tickets December 21st. Oh, damn. Okay. So that was, I think we talked, actually, I don't know if we talked about it because I think we would have been done recording for the year when yeah. I finally got the tickets. I remember we talked about the Ticketmaster fiasco as a whole. Right. But I think it's just, it was so late in the year yeah. that we may not have talked about this, but because of the Ticketmaster fiasco and subsequent possible lawsuit from Taylor Swift, um, Ticketmaster offered fans that had like a quote unquote boost from buying merch or having yeah. previous tickets, um, the opportunity to, to select what they would pay and where, mm-hmm. where they would like to sit yeah. for face value pricing. Yeah. And I was able to get tickets via that. Yeah. Um, for Taylor Swift. So it was December. I saw her in July. Yeah. Um, right. With yeah. Conspiracy Carol. Former former guest Conspiracy Carol. Former guest Conspiracy Carol. Yeah, you guys went out to Levi Stadium for that, right? Yes. And so that was actually after we knew I was moving here and I couldn't change the request. Oh, that's right. I forgot because yes. you accepted the job to switch over yeah. in well, November. That was after I was done with my previous job. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. Was, That was after my last day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, I wasn't able to switch to a new venue because that was mm-hmm. the venue I had selected initially. Mm-hmm. And we agreed the only way we would go out to California is if we got floor tickets, is if they offered us floor. And we were like, okay, like worst case scenario, we'll sell the tickets that we have and then use that money to buy resale or something like that. Um, which ended up working out that we got floor and the, 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 it was a fun trip. It was a good time. I was glad we went out there. So. Yeah. Um, yes. So that whole fiasco, and I think Beyonce's tour was very similar. I don't know that it was as bad. No, I mean, she had like 4 million people, I think is what Ticketmaster said, trying to buy tickets. Yeah. Um, I, I know that obviously it was competitive to get tickets, but I don't think it was the same level of just like disaster that the Taylor Swift. Yeah. I think everyone I know that tried to get tickets the first attempt got well and i think the difference is like beyonce just had the one album that came out taylor had two that she had it three three she had performed and then also re-releases well i it's not even the number of albums i think that has nothing to do with it i think it's because those taylor swift tickets went on first and ticketmaster knew they couldn't fuck up again 
Yeah, I could see that. I think part of it too is the amount of albums, and also I think, I think Beyonce I think part fans of it, are going to be Beyonce fans and be crazy about it regardless. To well, be completely honest, and I agree, but I think it's a different fan base. So Taylor also had a cancel tour in twenty twenty. Again, so, I still think the Taylor Swift fanatics are going to be just, albums. they're still different than the Beyonce yeah. people, where it's still the same level of fandom. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But yeah, so those two giant tours, and I think it's interesting because, so Taylor, the the day that we're recording this was announced as Time's People of the Year, Time Magazine's Pe- Person of the Year. Mm-hmm. And she actually talks about the Beyonce tour and her tour um, in the article where she talks about how, like, they're the two biggest, they're two of the biggest tours of the year. I think they were both grossing, they both grossed over I think they were number one and two. I think Drake was, like, three or four. Right, I think they were. I don't even know who else. They both earned over a billion dollars. Just in the U.S. And she talks about how, like, inevitably they were going to be pitted against each other. They were going to be compared. And... It's unfortunate that they chose the two women, women to compare themselves, each other to. But it's also kind of, in, um, like, inherently feminist in that way that if these two female artists are the biggest in the world, that opens up a lot more space for other female artists to be just as big. Um, but it was I thought it was an interesting article where she talks about how, like, they're, they're, it's kind of patriarchal to be, like trying to pit these two artists against each other for having the two biggest tours and, like, comparing them when they're friends and they're... two they're women friendly, can, like, right, supporting each other. Right, and very yeah. different music styles, and they yeah. can both be successful on their own right. I think they also have... I mean, yes, there is some overlap between them, but I would argue for the most part, it's, like, two separate fan groups, right? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, of people that... Like, there's people like me that are, like, I listen to it, I don't... I don't want to pay to see it, sure. but of people I know that went to see it, I think I know one person that did both. Right. Everyone else did, like, one or the other. Right. And I, I just thought that was interesting that, like, she does talk about that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's, you know, there's no need to compare them because they're both doing their thing. I, um, just because of, you know, my personal interests, a lot of my TikTok feed when the Beyonce tour was happening, I saw, they are both happening, you know, simultaneously. I saw a lot more of the Beyonce tour. And I I, I kind of wish I would have gone to the Beyonce yeah. tour. I'm not going to lie. It looked really cool. Um, my entire TikTok feed was the Taylor Swift tour. Yeah. So um, I'm glad I went. That was... Um, it was probably one of the most... Like, I've never been to a state... Well, I've been to, like... Stadium shows? I've been to stadium shows, like, in the... Like, to see the Red Hot Chili Because you saw the Chili Peppers at Levi, yeah. Right. Um, It's a very different experience. One, being on floor, and then being... Seeing an artist that's got that level of performance Mm -hmm. behind their performances, like, that much showmanship... Um, I think is is a very different experience to seeing like a band. Yeah. For that for that reason, and seeing like a pop star versus right, a band. Yeah. Right. And it was honestly so much fun. Like the camaraderie was incredible. Like you just met people and became friends with them. Like it was it was really really fun. Like doing that and the culture behind the show. Um, is just unmatched from anything I've experienced before. Um, so I, I'm glad I did it. 
Uh, it was very expensive, but um, was worth it. So with these two tours, also on top of them being so high grossing and like, honestly, probably the two biggest events I can think of that happened the whole fucking year. In music, yeah. Um, honestly, they're pretty big in general. I feel like I heard, in terms of all of pop culture, I think I heard more about these two tours than anything else. I agree. Except for Baby Barbenheimer. I was going to we'll talk was about gonna say, episode. That was, the, that was what was coming to my mind as the one other like cultural phenomenon, pop yeah. culture phenomenon that happened this year that you heard so much about. But, but um, we'll talk about that. I was going to say, so these two tours also both really in a unique fashion did a like film release of the tour. Yes. Which I think Taylor Swift was a single show. Taylor Swift was over the course of, I think, three Three shows in L.A. Was it at SoFi, I think? Yes. And then Beyonce's was kind of like a super cut of Of many dates. Yes. Um, I, I have not seen either. I've seen people speaking about the films on my TikTok feed. Um, But I just think it's really interesting that they kind of both bypassed the studios. Yep. And basically took it straight to theater. So Taylor Swift's Eras Tour concert film came out during the the strike. So the Writers Guild strike and the the SAG SAG strike. strike. And she she bypassed all of the studios and went straight to the cinema so went straight to amc and Mm -hmm. cut a deal with amc to release this um and that was kind of unheard of at the time so to this uh, extent yeah yeah so and she talks about this in the article actually but she she's she did this and it was unheard of to go straight to the to the to theaters and get them to release and cut a deal with them and because she did that she later uh, beyonce kind of followed it Mm -hmm. i'm not saying that she did it and then Beyonce did it. I think they were both kind of negotiating deals at the same yeah. time doing yeah, yeah, yeah. similar things. But it's interesting that they both at the same time were like, we're going to do this. We're going to cut out the studios. Yep. We're going to do it ourselves. Yep. And it's interesting to me that these two really huge artists are taking so much control of their art. Yeah. And ensuring that it. they have like the final say, like, like sign off on yeah, what they do. I'm here for it. And I, I think it makes more sense to do it that way. Yeah. Because they were like, you know, they were able to do this so quickly. So Taylor's tour was filmed, I think in July, maybe, and maybe beginning of August, I think it was end of July. And it came out in theaters in like October, I think something like that. Something like, like in that. a couple Some, months. Yeah. Um, so it was very quickly for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And then the same with Beyonce, like her tour ended and then the like Beyonce a couple film came out within the last three weeks. Right. So. But it's still very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it actually like saved like the studios or sorry, the, the theaters were able to make money during a strike where they didn't really have a whole lot of movies coming out. Um, so it also helped them. Yeah. I think it's interesting and um personally I would like to see more artists do this because a, I can't afford to go to these tours. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, selfishly, I would like to see someone like, um, also selfishly, I want to see Bad Bunny do one because yeah. I can't afford to go to Bad Bunny. But I think like Tyler, the creator, right. has such a 
big stadium show. Yep. I think he's someone that could do a really cool job with this. And I think it's a really it's a really cool idea in that way where, you know, these tickets for Beyonce and these tickets for Taylor Swift were like hundreds of dollars to get tickets at our face friend, value. Our friend paid eight hundred dollars for her floor ticket to Beyonce. Okay. I paid less than that for Taylor Swift. I know. Um Damn, she was roasting me for going. Yeah, but you also paid to fly to California. Uh, it was free, but yeah. Well, sure. Um, but I, I think it's nice because you know it's a way for fans to be able to see the show. Yeah. If they can't afford to go, or even to like re- relive re- it, re- and yeah, exactly. have a good time and enjoy it. Exactly. Um, so I think that's I think it's a great idea, and I would love to see more of them. Yeah, I'd like to see more of these like big stadium artists do it. Yeah. Shit, um, I mean, I would, I would have rather, <laughs> I would have rather seen a concert film of the Chili Peppers than having gone to the Chili Peppers. <laughs> That's so, you say that, but you wouldn't have watched a concert film. Of no, the Chili I wouldn't. Peppers. <laughs> no, I only went to the Chili Peppers to see the Strokes and Thundercat, right? Which is, checks out. Um, before we wrap this up, I do want to talk about one other thing about the Taylor Swift tour, and it's that um, kind of a, a weird phenomenon. Not weird, but. An interesting phenomenon was happening at every city she went to, where they all experienced an economic boom oh, yeah, on the weekends of her shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, hotels were selling out, restaurants were selling out, bars mm-hmm. were selling out. Like, it was a huge boom in the service industry um, and hospitality industry yeah. because people were traveling to the shows because it was so hard to get tickets in your own your hometown. Yeah. That people were traveling to the show. And then a lot of people don't live in big cities, right. too. So you have to travel in, stay in the big city. Right. So to a point where mayors of other countries or presidents and, like, political figures of other countries were sending her letters asking her to play in their countries because they wanted to experience yeah. that same economic boom. And I just think it's, a, it's an interesting thing to cover or to at least mention that that was kind of a phenomenon that was happening. Like, in Chicago... That was, I think, the first weekend since before COVID yeah. that hotels were booked solid. Um, fun fact, the Taylor Swift Eras Tour here in Chicago had a higher economic impact than the fucking NASCAR race. Well, that's a whole other thing. Right, but think about that. No, I, and this I... This is t- three days versus the NASCAR race shut down half the city for months. Right. And so I just think it's interesting to cover that. Like, that was the, that was the, the breath... Mm-hmm. of this show was not only making people happy, but it also brought money to every city. And, yeah. and she did donate proceeds to like food banks mm-hmm. and whatnot to help feed people. But um, I just think it's an interesting thing to cover. Yeah. I know. I mean, we talked a lot about that just amongst ourselves, especially with the, all the NASCAR numbers going yeah. on and how much of a pain in the ass NASCAR yep. was to have in the city. I feel like Taylor Swift had more people here. Less impact to... And less impact to, like, daily life. Yeah. Like, I couldn't go to work. Right. Because my office was too close to right. where the NASCAR thing was. All right. Um, so, yeah, I think that's interesting. And I think we'll continue to see some more of that this next year because she's touring... Internationally. Well, and cities she didn't hit the first time. Yeah, so. and it's, like, what, three cities here? New Orleans... New Orleans, Miami. Indy, Miami, I mean, Toronto and Canada. And I think she's doing Vancouver as well. That was announced. I think so. 
Um, I might be wrong, but I also looked at it for about 30 seconds yeah. and said, okay. I think it's those three cities in the U.S. I don't think there's a fourth. I think it's the four cities that she announced as mm-hmm. the second part of the tour. Um, but yeah. Um, continuing on the discussion of other women in music that I think made like a big impact this year that I kind of think it's worth continuing to talk about. The other artist I feel like I heard fucking everywhere this year was Olivia Rodrigo. Yes. I... I loved the new album. I'm not gonna lie. I oh, really I enjoyed it. I had a I enjoyed it more than the first one. I I like her music. I thought the album was fun. It's not something I'm going to I'm going to I've got this I did not go back and listen to her first album like at Girl, all. I read your notes about this album. You're like, it's fun. I don't get why grown ass adults are like I've actually well, I've this is another one that I've and we'll talk about it when I talk about my top albums. I didn't like it on first listen. Okay. And then as I've continued to listen to it, I think I've either gotten to understand more of the hype around it. Yeah. Or I've actually enjoyed it more. And I think that she's got so much hype around her right now. And I think she's grown like exponentially even from her first album. Like she's been all over my TikTok. I think she's talented. I like, I think the songs are very catchy. I think she still needs to work to find her own sound. And I think that's my biggest... I mean, she's very young. Yeah. So I get it. She's 20... If that? 19 or 20, I think. Um, I think that's my biggest criticism of her, is that she needs to find her own sound and not just replicate, like, Wet Leg and Paramore. I think this album was less direct... Yes, less direction of but I mean, it's, it's you could, you could tell who her influences were yes. from the time writing this, which I'm not denying. But I think this album was less of that direct, yes, less blade, less blade. sound almost. Yeah, it's less blade. I I enjoyed it. I think she's huge. I think she's huge. I she's think gonna, she deserves the fame she's getting. Yeah, especially I mean at this young of an age, like she is very talented, and I think. Like, the last album, I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't really care. But I think this album, I like, I kind of get it now. I think she's going to continue to be big. I think she is being groomed to be, like, a pop, a punkier, like, more alternative version of what Taylor Swift was at her age. Sure. Right, and I think that if she's smart and like as from a business standpoint, she will be continue to be relevant in the same way Taylor Swift has been relevant her entire yeah. career. Yeah, I think if she's if she's smart and continues to make music the way she's making music, I think we'll see that kind of same yeah. trajectory for her. I think her that's stardom. an interesting comparison too, because you uh, when Taylor Swift was first starting out, even. Like, the big country singers and the big rock singers were like, this girl has a really big future ahead of her. She's not going to go away. And people are saying the same thing about Mm -hmm. Olivia Rodrigo right now. Yes, exactly. And I think that that's the comparison to me. Unfortunately, I feel like they do get compared a lot. But I think... We're not making this comparison in a, like, competitive way. We're pointing out... The similarities The similarities and the fact that we're expecting Olivia Rodrigo to be extremely successful in the future. Yes, Exactly. And I, I do expect for her to, like, become that yeah. kind of level of successful. Same. Well, she's playing the United Center in right. 2023, which is going to be, I think, her third time. 
time in Chicago. I she played know. the Aragon this year. Really? So I think the tickets were booked. There were that that venue was booked very early. Very early. Yeah. Um, I think she played Bill Graham in San Francisco when she was there, which is equivalent. No, no, that's a, it's smaller than the United Center, but acts that play the United Center here sometimes yes. play Bill Graham. Yes. Um, so I, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to keep watching and seeing what she does. I love that she's gone the alternative route because you know that she's a very good singer. Yeah, I think so um, too. And there's a lot of different paths she could have taken for her music, and I, I think going the alternative route was a good was a smart choice. Yeah. In my opinion, because there's not a whole lot of pop singers that, that kind of have lean, that vibe. Yeah, that lean towards yeah. that um, style. And it's going to be interesting to see a female alternative pop artist yeah. um, really catapult into the category. And, and there's not really many in this day and age that kind of have that level of stardom and yeah. success. So I think yeah. it'll be really interesting. Um, the other big artist that I think has been everywhere this year, that's another female, this is a group this time, I mean, it's Boy Genius, obviously. They released the album, their debut album, and they have so much fame. Individually. Individually. Yeah. And the three of them together as this super group has, they have like a cult level of following. Individually, too. Um. Uh, Maybe just Phoebe Bridgers, but... It, I think it started as Phoebe, and then these other, like Lucy and Julian, have now kind of got their own level of a cult fandom yeah. because a of Boy Genius. Boy yeah. Genius. Um, I actually got to see Boy Genius this year. Um, they're not my thing, personally. Um, I I liked the album. I I think to me. I think I had the same reaction I did to Phoebe's album. Uh, I think it was overhyped for me. I yeah. didn't listen because I I listen to so many new albums mm-hmm. that I don't get to the newest album right away. Yeah, and when it came out, it was everywhere. Yep. It was TikTok, Reddit, Instagram, everything was Boy Genius. And then the Reset Festival got announced, and then it was more and more and more mm-hmm. Boy Genius. And I was like, oh, you know, I need to listen to this, and I enjoyed it, but I don't think. I think it was too overhyped. I think... And then seeing them live, I think, was overhyped as well. I think it is a weird level of cult dub. Like, I think their music is good. I don't get the obsession. I don't either. Um, I mean, I never got the Phoebe obsession either, personally, yeah, but... I would agree I think with her that. music's just not for me, and that's okay. And I agree with that. I think that I'm the same way. And you know whose music is for me? Lucy, Lucy Dacus. Dacus. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I like them. I like Lucy Dacus and I like Julian Baker individually. I think I like them both more than Phoebe's solo stuff. Um, and more than Boy Genius. I would say so as well. So I think that's where I have a hard time because Boy Genius, I think, leans more towards the Phoebe style. Then it, this, uh, I think this album, they kind of, especially when they perform yeah. it, they each get their moment to shine, which I really yeah. appreciated because I was worried it was going to be the Phoebe show. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think for me, it's just not for me. I, I, I know a lot of people that really fucking love it and I that's totally valid. I think it's just not. 
I just think it's been everywhere this year. Like, it's been inescapable. It's like like the Olivia Rodrigo thing. Like, you cannot escape Boy Genius this year. Especially if you're on TikTok. You're on every... They're on every list for everything. Um, They just did SNL. Like, it's insanity. I'm interested to see where things go. I think the three of them have a great camaraderie. I I think they should continue working together, and I'm excited to see what else they can do. But mm-hmm. I just it's another one of those inescapable things this yep. year. Um, what else did I write down? Um, do you want to keep on the female front and go to Paramore? I was gonna say that this was the next thing I kind of had, which is a similar vein. I feel like the beginning of the year, Paramore was the unescapable act. I think what's interesting... Because so their album came out in March or April? I don't know exactly when, but this is why it came out earlier this year. Um, they were this very is... inescapable. It was impossible to get tickets. Is it called This Is Why? That's the name of the album, I yeah. think, yeah. Um, Hold on, I have a laptop. No, I think it's called This Is Why. And the song... The... Paramore's album came out... February 10th, the album is called This Is Why. So, I love Paramore. The tickets were impossible to get for one, which is... This is their first album since 2017? I looked it up. Um, After Laughter... Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. Um, I love Paramore. I didn't like this album. I thought the songs were... And I think you and I have talked about this a ton individually as singles I think they work as an album I do not think this works yeah so this is I think one of the I think maybe the first Paramore album that seems confused in its concept and usually their albums have like an overarching theme and a style that they follow this is why seemed to be like they were trying really hard to move into a different genre. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the problem I have is Haley has such strong vocals that oftentimes they get lost in this album. And, you know, like, it's... Her vocals being so strong are, like, one of the biggest assets to the band. And I think that they're trying so hard to emulate the music that they're listening to now. That you lose some that, of the things that make Paramore... Paramore. Well, you lose some of the things that they're good at doing, yeah. right? And so I think, you know, when they did After Laughter, it was more of a synth pop album mm-hmm. um, that they did really well with, like, dark lyrics. And they tried to go, like, kind of post-punk style on this windmill because they are listening to a lot of those bands. Mm-hmm. But they just... It didn't work for them and the style that they are able to They were to trying do. to blend the two styles and it doesn't work the same. I agree. And so or later in this year, I think in... The um, remix album was great. In September. I loved the right. remix album. The remix album was fantastic. Some of the, again, like disjointed by the people that they chose to have remix. So like some of the remixes are just like flat. Yeah. But they, some of them are incredible. The Linda Linda's one is great. The Panda Bear one is great. The Wet Leg one I did love. Oh, I love. So, the reason I love the The Wet Leg one... The Strange one is great. The reason I love the Wet Leg version is because that song, when they put Wet Leg on it, 
It sounds. It sounds like, like what they were trying to initially do with that song. Yeah. And by putting Wet Leg on it and having them revamp it, it sounds like what they. It sounded what they were thinking trying in their to head. Intent. Exactly, yeah. and I, I think that's why I like so much is because that song had so much potential. Um, I think it's called Say Komsa. Uh, Komsi Komsa. Um, Komsi Komsa, and it. It just is exactly what they were trying to do, and I think that's what I loved about it. My favorite, personally, though, is the Linda Lindas. I like the Linda Lindas, and I like the Panda Bear one. Yeah. So I think the the re-this-is-why album hit, for me, a lot harder than I would agree. the original. I would agree. Um, the other, like, big, like, I mean, two female, well, I guess one's kind of interesting for me to talk about, so... Um, because her album came out so late last year, she is being like re-talked about, even though we've been listening to her album for a year, that SZA. Mm-hmm. That album was I so goddamn good. I think that album's... I want to see SZA so damn The bad. album is so interesting, too, because it's kind of a departure. Yeah. Um, but she From does... Control. Yeah. Right. But she does such a good job. I love her. I love it. She's incredible. Um... Because we never got to talk about that because the album came out so late last year. Yeah. But, um, so I, it's talking talking about next year, um, she's going to headline Lala. Yeah. And I'm going to shit my pants. I'm so excited. Um, but her album was so good. And you're seeing a lot. It's interesting because it, because it came out last year. When you see all the lists and her topping the lists of song of the year and album of the year. People are like, why is SZA nominated? And it's because, or not nominated, but like... Yeah. Um, on it. On it. Because it came out after the list. Because after the list had come out yeah. last year. So that's why I can talk about it. Oh, so good. All right. And then the other one I think is worth talking about is Doja Cat's second mm-hmm. full-length album. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of controversy and like, I think just her... Um, the way she was like acting when the album was coming out, I don't think like fully let the album get shine. out there and shine. Yeah, because she, a, a lot of what she was talking about was how she's like, I don't care what my fans think, I don't care what the media thinks of me, mm-hmm. which is the point of this album, right? But I think her attitude about it just didn't sit well with people. Yeah, yeah, because the album itself is it's very good. She's like, oh, this is so different than what I've done. No, it's the same thing that yeah. she's done. But um, in terms of other big things that I kind of made notes of, um, and this is more recent too, that Beatles AI song came out. I haven't so, heard that. So what this is, is it's Paul and Ringo, and then they used an old demo that John Lennon had. This like this song was written when the Beatles were still together. And so John Lennon's vocals are on it, and George's guitar is on it, and they were able to take those demos and, like, update them, and Mm -hmm. using, I don't know why I said AI, but using computer technology, they were able to, like, mash it all together, and it's actually really, like, emotional, because they made a music video for it, utilizing old footage of George and... uh, Okay. John. So it's like Beatles approved. Yeah. Uh, well, it's Paul and Ringo approved. Okay. So that's all but you it's, got. It's not like Some a fan made thing. thing. No, yeah. no, no, no. This is like a real thing. Okay. The Beatles were on like 
top songs of today on Spotify. Oh, interesting. <laughs> with this song. Okay. Um, I haven't heard it. I would recommend listening to it. It's definitely like a later Beatles vibe, but... Okay. I mean, the Beatles had a huge impact on music, so mm-hmm. I think it's relevant to, yeah. for them to be able to do this. I thought that was really cool. Um, other big notes I made were <laughs> Lil Yachty made a psych rock album. That was a crazy one. Um, for him being like this, like, I won't want to say like true, like SoundCloud rapper, but cause he's been like so much bigger than that for so long. But this album is so unique to see a hip hop artist like change genres. There's a lot of his own influence, but by taking like this psychedelic rock sound with the hip hop sound and the fusion of all of that. I thought was really interesting and well done. But I thought that was really interesting and I think that was another like cool area to continue to explore. Mm-hmm. And I think that could open up a lot of unique areas for both yep. genres. Um, I wrote down Fred again mostly because I feel like he was also someone that was like, inescapable this year. And he like got last so year much. Too. Well, so it started last year, and then yeah. because he got to do the, the a larger festival circuit yep. this year, I think that continued to like blow him up. Like when he did Coachella with Skrillex, mm-hmm. like I think that was the cementing moment of like this guy is fucking everywhere. Yes, because like when he played Portola last year, I have no idea who he was. I only did because a lot of our friends in SF are. Big Fred again fans. Yeah, so that, like, when I remember when all of, like, the shit went down and people jumping the barricades yeah. to get in, I was like, why? Who is this guy? I don't yeah. know who he is. And then this year, I was like, oh, this guy is everywhere. Yeah. And then like, he played Lala, and his crowd was insane. Yeah. And so, like, that was a big one. Um, the other thing I wrote down, just for funsies, is 10,000 Gex. Dude, I <laughs> love that album so much. It's so good. I think I'm really that album bummed. was so fucking crazy. I'm still like bummed that there was a conflict um, at Riot Fest, so we didn't go see them. It was Queens of the Stone Age, right? Or was um, it Death Cab? It was Death Cab. Yeah. Or was it? It was either Death Cab or it was Postal Service. I can't remember. It, was que- I think it, it would have been Death Cab slash Queens of the Stone Age, because Postal Service was ICP. Yes. Okay. Um, so it must have been Death Cab. Yeah, still, still bummed. I'm glad I went to see Death Cab, but... Um, yeah. I saw... The album was so good. So when I saw 100 Gex both times last year, yeah. they were playing songs off this album, because apparently this album has been done for, like, over a year. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I fucking love 10,000 so Gex. Fun. I listened to so much of it. Like, I listened to it so much when it first... Yeah, when, when it first when came it out. When it first came out, I think that was, like, on repeat. They used so many different styles within that album. Mm-hmm. And there's so there's many like ska, Easter eggs. There's new metal. There's like the the horse from the avalanches is in there. Yeah. And, like there's so many like fun things. Like they're just such huge music fans, and they wanted to make like, an album homage, yeah, to... referencing everyone they've ever yeah. met. Yeah, and loved. Those were the big like general topics I have. I mean, a couple of the other things I had were the international. Artists, I think, are continuing to grow more and more in popularity here within the States. Yep. So, like, obviously, we know K-pop is everywhere. Mm -hmm. K-pop has infiltrated 
the American Music Festival scene, mm-hmm. which is really cool to see. But some of these fandoms are fucking crazy. So like, right. uh, which is like you said last year too. I, I don't. Yeah. So the, so consistent. <laughs> New Jeans was um, one of the acts that played Lala this year, and they played at noon yeah. one of the days, and they had a bigger like attendance than a lot of the other artists. Really? Okay. And I remember, I think it was the first day of Lala that they played. So they were like one of the first acts to play and the lines were out of control. To get in? To get like anything. Oh, okay. Because people were so like the merch lines were crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To get. Because they had like their own merch and stuff. And then Mm -hmm. same thing when Tomorrow Together played. They had their own merch space because it was so out of control. Which, it's amazing that we had another, you know, international, like, K-pop artist uh, headline Lala this year. I think that's huge for them to do, but I just think we're going to continue to see more and more Mm -hmm. and more of that. And then same thing, like, Carol G was a headliner of Lala this year, and she's, I think, the first international female solo artist to headline. Mm -hmm. Like, she's a Spanish-speaking singer, so, like, seeing more of that... We already know that, like, Bad Bunny is, like, the number one artist in the world because of the Spanish-speaking communities, but like, we're seeing more and more of these artists gain traction with American audiences, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting, and I'm yep. excited to see where else that kind of goes. Yep. And then um, I wrote down in terms of rock, like, obviously the Foo Fighters are back um, with the first, you know, since the death of Taylor Hawkins, and it's, I think it's... I have not seen them since yeah. they've been touring again. We heard, we heard that, or we heard uh, that, we heard that, that, that we were leaving. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just think that's so, like, I don't know. That's like a, a hard one for me still because I saw them so many times as a full band. Yeah, that it's still like emotional yep. to think about. Same. So I'm excited that they're back together doing stuff. Um, I'm interested to see what else they do. Yeah. And then I also wrote down for funsies because I've heard so much about them is, and I feel like <laughs> this is a very indie niche thing. <laughs> Should I call Matt to come talk? <laughs> Maybe. Cause them boys can play. Them boys can play. Um, <laughs> I like how we both were like, I know exactly what to say. Them boys can play. Um, and I remember seeing it all over Reddit, and I've seen it come up so many times this year, is the indie band Geese. Like, <laughs> they're fucking everywhere. Okay, they're so... They're opening for King Gizzard next year. So, for background, Matt is obsessed with this band Geese. So, he went to go see them with one of our friends that was coming to visit while um, former guest Aaliyah was in town, and me, Steph, Aaliyah, and some other friends went to go see Thundercat, and... Matt went to go see Geese, and literally after that, he kept saying, them boys can play, and it's kind of wild. They are blowing up, so on Reddit, um, King Gizzard has said Geese is, like, one of their favorite bands right now. They're now announced officially to be opening for the majority of their U.S. tour. Yeah. Um, so the album, what, 3D Country? Yes. Came out earlier this year. Um, I mean, it's a good album. It's I a, just... It's a really good album. I think yeah. it's probably Matt's favorite album of the year because um, them boys can play. 
And I will say, like, he showed me videos from the from the show, and they they really can. They I sound think very they're going to be the next big rock thing to come out. Yeah. I think they have a lot of potential, and I think that they're going to this album because their debut album came out two years ago. Uh-huh. I think they're going to continue this to gain sound traction, trajectory. Yeah. And especially next year when they open for King Gizzard, I think that people are going to be like, yep. them boys can play. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I don't disagree with you there. So um, I, that's just why I wrote that down. Because I think they're going to be someone that we're going to have to keep our eyes on yep. next year or so. Um, all right. Oh, the other fun thing. Andre 3000 released a the flute, flute album. Oh my God. And it's so long. It's so weird. It's it's like an hour long. It's more than an hour long. Yeah. It's like an hour and a half of flute music. It's... The album names are so... The song names are so fucking funny, too. Yeah. And it's then, like, you hear and then it's just, like, flute. Yeah. That was a crazy one, and (laughs) that album is making a lot of, like, the top album lists, and someone on Reddit was like, I get it. We love Andre 3000. Stop putting him on your list. (laughs) Um, I listened to... Two songs, and then was like, I can't listen to any more flute music. I just love like the, the the recurring jokes about yeah. how everyone's just now obsessed with flute music because I of this. Um, did that crazy Mac DeMarco album come out this year or was that last year? I have. The, I like, think it was this year. Yeah, no, it was this year because I saw it on your list earlier. So like Mac DeMarco released that crazy fucking album. <laughs> that's just him just being like, I'm just gonna push weird buttons. Yeah, and then record it. <laughs> And I'm going to do that 900 times. Yes. <laughs> like, what people are off their rockers and this year. I think part of it is the ease of which you can release things on streaming yeah. and digital media sources. Yeah. So, like, people are just doing it. doing it and putting it out there. And, you know, I kind of love that, like... The pr- music making process doesn't involve making physical things yeah. all the time. So you can make a fucking nine hour album that never goes anywhere because the only way you can listen to it in any feasible way is on the internet. Yeah. And then you'll get a couple of songs that will randomly show up on your TikTok feed and you're going to be like, what in the fuck yes. is this? Um, all right. So let's talk about some live music things this year. I mean, who... I, I don't I have not been good about keeping up with my concert spreadsheet. I haven't been good about that either. I think notable things obviously I, we talked about Taylor Swift. Um we went to I mean we went to a lot of shows. We went I think to the, a lot of shows. The three nights of King Gizzard was fantastic. I mean, for me it was two nights of King Gizzard, but yeah, that was, that was good. amazing. They're doing the marathon set next mm-hmm. year with geese. That's gonna be crazy. Um I saw Iggy Pop for the first time. Yeah. That was we saw Insane. Viagra Boys twice this year. Yep, they did Salt Shed. They did... Riot that was Fest. the first time we went inside the Salt Shed, too, wasn't yes. it? Um, and they did Riot Fest as well. We did a lot of shows. We did a lot of shows at the Salt Shed in general, which yeah. is a new venue in Chicago. Yeah. last year for the first time. Um, they're getting a lot of shows. We saw an all-female bill. All-female-fronted bill. Oh, that was the Beach um, Bunny. The Beach Bunny pool party, which was really fun because we got to see the Baths, and we love the Baths. The Baths. The Baths. I saw the Baths a lot this year, actually. I fucking love the Baths, so. I saw them three times this year. Yeah, that makes sense. I love the Baths, so I get it. Yeah, I do, too. Um, They're great. What else did we see at the Salt Shed? Uh, I saw Ween and Cake. Um, I... 
I got really, really stoned at the Black Angels this year and thought I was dying, but they're really good live, so I highly recommend you go see the Black Angels. Um, we got to see our friends Modern Dairy quite a few times. We did get to see our friends Modern Dairy, who uh, we did an episode with. Yep. I got to go to Denver to go see Beck, Phoenix, and Japanese Breakfast, and I saw The National and The Bits. In Denver. Um, we um, saw Frankie and the Witchfingers earlier this year. We saw them in October and in February. Dude, I went to California. Oh, I forgot that you came to California. Yeah, I, I forgot that. <laughs> I forgot that that was this year. Um, we saw the OCs, who we always love. We, lo- we always love. Oh, we saw Modest Mouse, because you took Matt's ticket. Oh, yeah, we saw Pixies, Pixies and Modest on Mouse. Pixies on Modest Mouse, fantastic. That was really fun. That was really fun. And it was also probably one of the only shows that was just me and you. Yeah. Um, and then granted some other friends we ran yeah. into, but yeah, plan for just me and you. Um, we saw Dan Deacon play this we year. We did. That at was a street fun. Fest. Yes. That was a lot I of would, fun. That was probably one of would recommend seeing the most fun experience yeah. I've seen, I've had. Um, we saw, we saw, I mean, I saw Jungle. I went to Four Nights of Run the Jewels. You did do Four Nights of Run the Jewels. Uh, I did Four Nights of Run the Jewels. You said we. I said you did do No, you said we. Oh, sorry. In my head I said you did do Four Nights of Run the Jewels. I didn't go to any of those nights. Um, um, I saw Blink-182 with Turnstile. Twice this year? With Turnstile. Yes, with Turnstile twice this year. Um, because Matt and I got, like, last minute StubHub tickets for, like, 40 bucks. Um, we saw Shame. We saw Shame. That show was really fun. They're really oh, good. Oh, I saw Build a Spill, a Tolly on. That was a fantastic. Um, I saw The Hives play Bottom Lounge. That was crazy. Um, I went out to L.A. to go to Just Like Heaven this year. I went mm-hmm. to Shaky Knees this year. I did Pitchfork Lala Riot Fest. I did Cultivate Fest, which was that weed music festival when I saw Crumb. Um... Yeah, I did a lot of festivals this year. I'm upset because I'm not going to be able to do like any travel festivals next year. Um, what That's else? Everything on my calendar, at least that I've I went to, to that talk Reset about. Fest here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I did all three days of that. I think I was in California still. Yeah, uh, I mean that was in June. Yeah, but for Blink One Eight Two. Uh, yeah, I think that was Blink One Eight Two weekend. Now that you yeah. say that. I think the only festival I did this year was Riot. And I guess I went to Jazz Fest in California, but... Or, sorry, in Italy. Which was fine. Not a big jazz girly. Yeah, I did a lot. I went to a lot of live shows this year. I went, like, literally last night to Mandy, Indiana at the bottle. I still have my empty bottle gold pass, so I, you know, I go to a ton of shows there. I purchased another one for next year, so I'm still going to be spending... A lot of my time at the Empty Bottle. And the Salt Shed. Probably, but based on their trajectory. Of yeah, we'll probably be at the Salt Shed a lot. Which is fine, because it's right here. Yeah, we can get there pretty it's easily. Convenient. What was your favorite live set you saw this year? You can name a couple, I won't. Okay, so Dan Deacon was, I think, probably one of the most yeah. fun ones that we've been to. Yeah. Like, unexpectedly fun. Um, I think Viagra Boys. Uh, 
Which time do you like more? I'm thinking. Um, I mean, probably Salt Show, just because it was, like, their own show. Yeah. Um, I mean, The Baths was fantastic. Uh, um, the Pool Party. Yeah. Um, Disc was amazing. At Sleeping Village. Yeah, Sleeping Village. Um, I'm going to see them in a couple weeks. They're playing here in Chicago. Yeah, we were talking about going to that. Um... I saw Angel Olsen do a Talia Hall set. That was incredible. Built a Spill was fantastic. Um, let's see what else I went to. I mean, Frankie both times. Frankie and the Witch Fingers is always amazing. I was fucking like deaf for a day because I, I, I lost my headphones at some point. The OCs. I mean, fuck. That show was so much that fun. That was so good. That show was so good. I was going to say, my favorite show of the year, I feel like every year, is, is the, the OCs. OCs. Yeah, that show was so much fun. Um, I mean, I got into the pit. Didn't someone almost get a concussion, get hit? I got kicked oh, in the face. Oh, that was you. That yeah. was you. And I had a I headache. I couldn't remember if it was you or Matt. No, I got kicked in the face and I had a headache for a long time <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I think the OCs was one of, if not my favorite show of the year. I mean, for me, yep. always a big one is seeing Turnstile. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my... Third time this year seeing them? Third time this year seeing them, yeah. Oh, I love them so much. Um, oh, Modest Mouse. I mean, I Modest Mouse Modest was really Mouse. good. Uh, you didn't get to go with us, but like Surf Curse yeah, at Subterranean say. was amazing. Lomperatrice was always amazing. Yep. Um, that show We're just going to was... rename every show we went to. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking of like the big ones. If you had to pick one of the King Gizzard shows to say was your favorite. God, I don't remember which one's which at this point. The first night when they played Boogie Man Boogie Sam, Man Sam. And we all just yeah. let out the most ungodly scream. Yeah. All of the girls in the crowd were just like, ah! <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, probably that night. Yeah. That or when they, I like night three when they did Gila Monster. Yeah. And the, the album I mean, and then was night two, out. they did Rattlesnake. So, like, this guy, it's <laughs> actually really funny. This guy in the crowd, before they even came on, was like talking to this other guy. He was like, Have you heard the song Rattlesnake? Five minutes later, they opened with Rattlesnake. <laughs> I mean, it was a crazy year for live shows. It always is. Yeah. Um, all right, let's talk about. Let's our, do Spotify wrap. Yeah, and then let's top, do and then we'll talk about. What we're excited for for next year? Sure. Can I remember what's happening next year? No, um, we'll I have out. some albums that I'm... I don't have shows that I'm going to talk through, but I think there's some albums that I'm really excited All about. All right. So, Let's... Spotify wrapped. My top artists. Number one is Taylor Swift. No surprise there. I went to go see her. Obviously listened to a bunch of her music leading up and post. Number two, Modest Mouse. Again, really not a surprise. I listened to a lot of Modest Mouse. Number three was the Marlocks, so that's Ambrose from King Gizzard's band. I fucking love Ambrose. All Ambrose all the time. All Ambrose all the time. Um, as I always say, he's got my favorite voice in, in Giz. Number four is Miniature Tigers. Again, I think not surprised because the album came out earlier this year and I listened to it a lot. And then number five was the Avalanches. because um, we're always listening We're to always listening to the Avalanches, and I think that's that's really the reason. My top songs, number one is Disco by Surf Curse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I listen to that song a lot. It's also, like, always on our blend, and if That's I see it on our blend, yeah. I'm like, yep, yep, listen to that. That's right. time, time to listen to Surf Curse. <laughs> um, number two, Kill Them by Jamie XX. 
Is that also that song, when it shows up on our blend? You're like, yep. Dude, that song just comes on all the that time. That song goes so hard live. <laughs> that song is so good. It goes so hard live. Um, number three, Rattlesnake Heartbreak by Miniature Tigers. Number four, Bloomless by Miniature Tigers. Um, number five is Spanway Hits by Flake Music, which is pre- The Shins. The Shins before they changed yeah. their name to The Shins. Because I discovered Flake Music last year and got very into the album. Yeah. And Matt calls me a hipster for that being my favorite Shins album. You are a hipster. All right. So mine... Uh, oh, what were your minutes? 25,000. And what was your top genre? Indie rock. Okay. So mine were... My top artists were The O.C.'s. Yep. King Gizzard, Turnstile, Parquet Courts, and Nation of Language. My top songs were I Come From the Mountain, <laughs> Real Thing, Turn <laughs> Borrowed Time, Holiday, and The Dream. So I, I perfectly went OCs, Turnstile, Parquet Courts, uh-huh. Turnstile, OCs. Yep. Uh, I had 50,500 about minutes listened, and my top genre was also indie rock. Yep. Um, Steve's top artist. Dude, it's so funny. It's so funny. Lom Paratrice. His top songs were uh, All Five by Lom Paratrice. Yep. His top artists were Lom Paratrice, Charlie XCX, Japanese Breakfast, Alan Palomo, and Rina Sawayama. Yep. Which I thought was hilarious when he pulled that up. I laughed forever. I don't think Matt shared his actual... Steve didn't share his. I took photos of it when he projected it to our TV screen and posted it to Instagram. I, he told me what it was, and I don't remember. Oh, what was your what was your city? Madison, Wisconsin. I got Burlington, Vermont. Yes, and Matt. And um, so did Steve. Yeah, he's like, he gave me his top songs. So his top songs were "Goon" by the OCs, "Intercepted Message" by the Shut OCs. Shut up! This number one is "Goon." <laughs> Um, number three is 2122 by Geese. Number four is 100% Endurance by Yard Act. And number five was Tulip Schmaltz in A Major by Smushy. <laughs> I forgot Smushy was on his top. Did he fucking love Smushy? I know. Um, I don't know what his top artists were, though. Um, <laughs> that's just what he sent me. So going I into that. Smushy was in his top. He fucking loves Smushy. I know. We're going to see them um, like for his birthday. birthday. Um, okay, so let's do our top nine sure. albums. Um, so number one for me was... Just Com- go through your... Go through them in order, because ours are not going to overlap, I don't think, as much this I year. Think them in- oh, I was going to say, we're not going to go one-to-one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, go, I'll start at nine. Okay. Um, number nine was Shame, Food for Worms. Number eight was Temple's Exotico for me. Um, number seven was Hell Mode by Jeff Rosenstock. Number six was Franzoli by the Psychedelic Porn Crumpets, or the Pornies as we call them. Number five was Data Doom by Frankie and the Witchfingers. Number four was Miniature Tigers Self-Titled. Number three was Intercepted Message by the OCs. Number two was 10,000 Gex by 100 Gex. And then number one was Kamiya Farm by the Marlocks Free. So um, I should also give this context. So... I had about 845 albums that I listened to. I narrowed it down to 85 that I narrowed down to 25 that I have narrowed down to 9. A lot of... Yeah, it's a lot of narrowing down. A lot of data. All right, so number 9 is Ian Sweet, Sucker. 
Number eight is Die Star Good Time. I gotta get the full name of this one. Hold on. I didn't. I have this, the abbreviated name in my. Uh, number seven is Eve's Tumor. Praise a lord who chews but which does not consume or simply hop between worlds. Yep. Uh, number six is Slow Dive, Everything is Alive. Number five is Chapel Roan, uh, The Rise and Fall of a Midwest Princess. Uh, number four is JPEG Mafia and Danny Brown scaring the hoes. Number three is the OC's intercepted message. Number two is Sparks, The Girl is Crying in Her Latte. And then number one is Model Act Tree's Dog's Body. Nice. The only one we had, I think, on both of ours was the OCs. Yes. I have, I have Frankie and the Witch Fingers and Porn Crumpets uh, and Shame on my, like, 25. Yep. They just didn't make top yep. nine. Um, so before we wrap, I think I want to talk about some things that we're excited for for next year, or at least album releases that we're excited for. Yeah. Because um, we've been talking about this a lot. Yeah. So for me, uh, there's a new Bleachers album oh, I was coming. Say well, cause I, I said for me specifically because <laughs> I know you don't love Bleachers as much as I do. Bleachers uh, third album's coming out or fourth album, sorry, uh, is coming out next year. Um, I'm really excited for that. I've been enjoying the singles that they've released so far. So excited for that. We have Yard Act coming out, yep. and I'm so fucking I'm excited. Very, for the Yard very Act. Excited. We just pre-ordered our um, physical copies. Yep. So very excited for that. Um, there is the rumor that, well, not the rumor, Vampire Weekend has completed an album. They're uh, touring. They're, they're, they're doing a, they're at least, on a couple festivals, yeah. uh, probably announcing a tour and then yep. a festival circuit. So there's an album coming out next year for them. LCD Sound System is working on a new album. Idols is dropping a new album. Um, King Gizzard will inevitably drop a new album, <laughs> King if not Gizzard multiple will. new albums. At least, at least one, probably two or three. Um, there is... Sorry, there's one more. Oh. Um, the Avalanches are, have completed an album. I know they have the album done. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it's We're hoping out. it comes out next year. They're just going to screw with us. Um, Jamie XX has completed an album that's hopefully coming out next year. Um, anything else that's been announced? Not that I can think of. That you pre-ordered? Um. I haven't pre-ordered anything else yet, so. Yeah. So excited for those. I mean, two... Two of those specifically are like highly anticipated oh, albums. Oh, duh! The Smiles releasing a new album. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So that's gonna be crazy. That single goes hard. Uh, I haven't listened. Well, you should. What kind of Tom York fan are you? I'm not one. I'm a Tom York fan. <laughs> um. Anyways, so I think next year will also be a good year for music. We'll keep an eye out of like those highly anticipated albums that we've been waiting for for quite some time. Um, and then some ones that we are just excited about. Yep. So with that, I think that wraps up our music-centered year-end wrap-up. And we managed to keep it right around an hour, a little bit over. But I think we had, nah, whatever. Eh. Um, so with that, I think we'll, we'll see you guys next time. Um, yeah, so if you enjoyed this show, please go on your favorite podcast streaming service and leave us a five-star rating. And then uh, listen through the music, and you should interact with us on social media. Um, 
All I, of our media handles are after the music. That's why she mentioned it. And then um, we will be back in, I think, two weeks is Christmas. So around there, we'll yeah. release our second episode of the year, the month, the year, yeah, the month. <laughs> and we'll, we'll talk about everything else that went down this year. Yep. So a 20-minute discussion on Barbenheimer. Yep. You mean a 90-minute discussion of Barbenheimer and then nothing else? Uh, two movies which you have not seen. <laughs> so we'll see you guys next time. All right, that was the episode. So we love hearing from you, um, and if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No ant. And as always, I'm Lindsay, and you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter and Tumblr as underscore Stefan Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.